0: Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to episode number 60 of Speaking from the Heart. And today we're featuring another Toastmaster that has made a positive contribution to society as a whole. And again, I appreciate all the Toastmasters that have been on the show and have shared their experiences in the month of November. So if you are interested in checking out what Toastmasters is all about, check out the link in the episode notes. You will be able to find a club near you that will be able to provide an opportunity for you to practice your communication and leadership skills. But today we have an international Toastmaster coming from Canada, Alexon Mott, and is a storyteller who can transport you to the time and the place that he's describing. He practices the art of storytelling every day with his most difficult audience, his three daughters, aged 2 to 10. And being the recipient of the Storytellers of Canada Emerging Storyteller Award in 2018, Alexon is a professional speaker and storyteller and an occasional actor on stage or television. He has multiple times been decorated at the International Speech Contest in Toastmasters, in which he had placed second, or what I like to call first runner-up, and the World Championship of Public Speaking in 2022 out of a field of 30,000 contestants. After 15 years of managing finances of cultural organizations, most recently as the Director of Finance of the oldest cultural center in French Ontario, he transitioned from counting to speaking. And since that time, Alexon has created the standout community, making professional coaching accessible to all. And is also the host, along with his co-host, Roger Caesar, of the weekly Great Convos podcast. Now, I have to say that in this episode, we not only explore his journey to get to the World Championship of Public Speaking, similar to Rich Hopkins, who we just interviewed, but we also talk about some of the things that have made him to be really successful in what he is today. And more importantly, he has helped me, even in this interview, to realize the true importance of what Toastmasters, let alone contests in general, can do to bring the very best version of ourselves out, in which we describe quite clearly and with to such surprise to me that I was even acknowledging the fact that he spoke some truth as it relates to that subject. But with that, let's go to the episode. All right, we're here with Alexon Math. Alexon, thank you for sharing your heart with us today.
1: It's a pleasure to be here with you, Joshua. Thanks
0: yes. For having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And I really have been excited to have this interview with you, especially that one of the idols, essentially, of the World Championship of Public Speaking is here, the first runner up from 2022. So that means so much to me that you have taken some time to do this. So thank you as well. Alex, I really wanted to talk a lot today about not just what has gotten you started in public speaking, but really about how you've gotten through that journey. So let's break this up into some bite-sized pieces. First off, I know that my audience was really excited to hear about your journey, essentially getting to where you're at, but what actually got you started in Toastmasters in the first place? Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: We would have to go back to 2007. I was new to this city in Sudbury, Northern Ontario. I was there for work and that's essentially all I did because I had no family no friends when the work day was over I just went to my small apartment I watched an episode of Star Trek and that was it
0: I love (laughs) and you're speaking right to my love language of Star Trek we were even just (laughs) talking about that before the show
1: (laughs) that's right yeah so I I had nothing to do during the evening so one Wednesday afternoon when I got an email through my working email I saw an invitation to join a Toastmasters club. Voix du Nord. Come practice your speaking skills or come see what we can offer for you. And I thought, okay, Toastmasters. So, okay, I guess it's a bunch of people practicing toast. I've got nothing better to do. I might as well go. And it was right beside my workplace anyway, and I didn't have a car, so it was perfect. The stars were aligned. I went to see them, and I thought, okay, this is going to be really strange being in a room full of people who are really good at public speaking and can speak so well. And then I realized, oh, they're not so good. (laughs) Okay. That sounds a little mean, but they're not all professional speakers. They're not, they are there because they want to improve their skills. And there were some who were just getting started and some who had been there for a long while, they had me participate in the table topics, improvisation. And I just had fun with it. I was extremely nervous standing up in front of these people. And I realized, oh man, if I'm nervous just speaking for one minute, how am I going to get a good career if I want to make it farther in wherever I am? Now, keep in mind, this was 15, almost 16 years ago. So I was quite young, just getting started professionally. So I knew it was going to be important for me to be able to express myself in front of a group. Whether it be at work or elsewhere. And there were some members there who I admired particularly. I can mention Michel, Michel LaFrance, who was the president of the club. And just the way he conducted the meeting and commanded the silence, I thought, huh, that would be nice to have as a skill. So it took me still a few weeks to make up my mind, but because the members were so nice and kind and generous, I joined finally four weeks later. And it's just a few months later that they said, hey, you should be the president of this club. (laughs) Oh,
0: really? Okay. I have to interrupt and have to tell you that's sort of what happened to me too. It's like, oh, I'll join and being in the United States myself, I joined a club and literally three months later, it's like, hey, can you be president while you're doing that and learning everything? So... I'm glad that we have that in common. Thank you. Somebody (laughs) finally says the same thing that I've been through. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And what was interesting is that the role of president sounds super important and a lot of work. It is, but my first year as president, I was so well surrounded by the other executives that it's like I almost didn't need to do anything because the outgoing president was with me and, and pushing me when I needed to and all the vice presidents and anyway, a really great team. And we managed to get the great results that year. But it's that year as a president that then they gave me another challenge. It was Sue who said, it looks like you're really starting to enjoy talking in front of us. I think you should start talking in front of other people as well. You need to join the international speech contest. Mm. Wow, I probably said, <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Competing, trying to beat other people, I hate it. I really despise competition. I rejected it, but Sue was so wise, so gracious. She said, stop looking at it as trying to beat other people. I see, Alexandre, you really want to improve your public speaking. If you want the best way, the best path to improving your public speaking skills, the contest is that path.
0: When you were preparing for even the international speech contest for the first time, did you have a sense of nervousness or even fear of what other people might think? Because you literally said that you've seen the engagement of others. You were really, really good at that. But yet, Here you are, you're going to compete in front of a whole bunch of other people that don't know your speaking style whatsoever. Was that a weight on your
1: shoulders? (laughs) Hey, good question. I have to think back. So 2009 is the first time I participated in the speech contest. I do remember the first time I competed just at my club. I was a little bit nervous. So the first time I competed, I went through uh, all the, the, they just, I went at the club, at the area, the division, and I went to the district and then the district is probably the most nerve-wracking because there's 200 or 300 people in the room and I'm relatively new. I think by that time, because of all the practice I had done, I was already feeling much more confident, but still quite nervous because the nervousness arrives when I am not well prepared or well rehearsed or when it's something new. But if you've got something new and it's not well rehearsed, then that's the worst possible point. So as long as I was well prepared, even if it was a new environment, such as the district speech contest in front of 200 people that I don't know or have just met, I was fine with it. And And then going to the next step that was even more nerve wracking, because then I was going to another city in the United States with literally nobody that I knew. So I was quite nervous going into that other stage. So it's really interesting that I got these... Experiences one by one. And by going through it, then I was better equipped to do it again in the years that followed.
0: I'm curious, before you actually had your run to the WCPS or the World Championship of Public Speaking, how many times did you actually go through the competition cycle till you got to that point? Is there a number that you can fix to this whole (laughs) time?
1: Yeah, I, I remember counting them. So I started in 2009, and the last time was in 2022. So that's 14 possible times to participate. For one year, I didn't participate because I was into the politics of Toastmasters. I was a district officer. For one year, I didn't compete because I was a new father. So I was on fraternity leave. So does that mean I competed 11 times? Wow. 11 times.
0: What made doing it the 12th time, I guess that if I do my math correctly, doing it that 11th or 12th time, getting to really being the first runner up of the world champion of public speaking. What do you say you did differently that time than the other times? Mm -hmm. Was there a magic formula that you utilized? Because knowing your background, being a storyteller yourself, I think that it's really important to be able to express and share our stories. And being fellow coach, I know that I work on that a lot with my clients is have your story so that you have something to share. So I'm wondering, did you have your story ready to share this time to really push it forward?
1: Yeah. You know what? Something changed in my approach this last time. So 10 or 11, we'll have to write in the show notes exactly how
0: many. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah. We'll fix the math. And for those that are listening, you can check out the show notes. We'll definitely put that in there. (laughs) Go ahead.
1: So a while ago, I guess 2010, 2011, I was getting ready for the contest. And I had just followed a workshop in which they asked, just tell a story. Think of a story that you've lived through that you've never told publicly. And what is it? And I immediately thought of my trip that I had in Jerusalem just one or two years before. Okay, I, I want to share about that almost magical moment that I had when I was at the Western Wall of the Holy Temple of Jerusalem. So I developed a story around that and it really helped. Made it to the world semifinals that year. But my other speeches and other, other years, I was using the same approach, finding a nice story that I enjoy telling. But every time I had difficulty or it took long time to figure out why I was sharing the story. So two years ago, I was sharing a story of uh, going to the Eiffel Tower in Paris with my family. It's a really, really fun story about planning the perfect visit, but finally (laughs) it's not as perfect as planned, obviously. (laughs) But I was struggling and with my coach, we managed to figure out a message. But notice I say a message and not the message, because it could have gone different ways. Last year, when I was preparing for the world championship, when I finally made it to the final, I reversed the process. I started with the message I wanted to share with the world. And it all was from one single experience during a ski trip when I was a lot younger. And I had learned that lesson, but I had parked that idea aside. Because it wasn't a speech, it wasn't even a story. It was just a very short conversation that I had with a friend. And when I discussed that idea with Mark Hunter, 2009 world champion of public speaking and my coach last year, he said, I think we can make this work. And together we figured out how to weave a speech around that message. It was a lot of work much more than my previous way of doing it, which was just find a story, tell the story and then make a point. But it was so rewarding because I created, I think, the best speech of my life for that speech that made it all the way to the semifinals of the world championship. Now for the final speech, I needed to create a new speech and the way that I did that, because I had less time to work on it, I took a speech that I had developed a few years ago. But again, I was telling a story about my family and our family recipe and the no-baked cake, if you remember that, Joshua.
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> and, and for my listeners, you definitely want to check out the no bake cake recipe. I, I won't give it away. I'll let you do if you want to.
1: <laughs> yes, of course. So I a mean, nice story about my family, about the family recipe. But the message wasn't exactly what I wanted to share. What it had just been, this is so easy. You don't know the importance of family, be there with your family when they're there, blah, 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 blah. We've heard that before. So I told my coach, Mark, I said, I really want this to be about tradition. I don't know how to weave this message into my story. So we needed other examples. We did other anecdotes and together we managed to figure out how to do it. In other words. That was a long-winded way of saying, I concentrated first of all on the message that I wanted to deliver to my audiences. And because I was so passionate about those messages, that's why everything, all my actions that I did, whether it was editing my speech, rehearsing it, or trying to get some evaluations, I was always thinking, is this action that I'm doing getting me closer to my objective of getting my message across. By starting with the message, I was able to get much farther into the contest because it made for much more powerful speeches.
0: Backing up a bit, before you even hit the stage, knowing that you were going to be in the semifinals, tell me the feeling or the feelings that you had that ran through you, knowing that you had made it that far at that point. Was there a sense of trepidation, excitement, Fear of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did it. Now I have to figure out how I might need to make this speech even better because I'm going to go against the world at this point. Some of the best of the best. Was that overwhelming for you or was that sort of a validation? I'm always curious, especially being that I've been a Toastmaster myself and my audience has known this for almost 11 and a half years at this point, getting on to almost 12 years. I know that for myself, I always wonder. What's going through the people's minds that are going through this process? And I got a little bit of a taste of it from Rich Hopkins, who was just on the show, and I was sharing you a little bit about that. Rich's story is unique in itself of how he organized a group of people to have dinner, and everyone looked at him like, wait, I don't want to have dinner with you. You're my competition. (laughs) But he had a unique taste to what he's been through. But I'm kind of curious, what happened with you?
1: Yeah, and Rich, what could you say, he has a supporting role in a big movie in 2008.
0: Yes, we uh, talked about that too. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Movie speak, so it was incredible to see yeah. his transformation, his way of how he changed his way of seeing the contest. And I had that sort of experience too. I think many people who participate in the contest, they often they start and think, ah, I want to be the world champion. I'm going to get glory. Everybody's going to like me. And then there's a point when we realize, huh, maybe that's not why I'm here, maybe there's another objective. When I received the news, I actually didn't receive the news until a friend called me because I was on the road, I was driving to a chalet or we're gonna have a week with my mother-in-law. I'm there in the car, my spouse is beside me, our three kids are in the back and it's end of June, probably June 30. And I've been waiting for this news to come for weeks. So I've put it aside. I'm thinking, I don't know, am, am I going to make it or not to the semifinals? And I receive a phone call. It gets through the Bluetooth in the car system. And I see it's from Roger Caesar, my friend from my area, my district, and also the guy who won third place in the world championship just the year before. I said, hey, Roger, what are you doing? And he says, ah, thank God, you made it. and so happy. Run, 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 run. run. And he's just so excited as he usually is, but even more than usual. And i thinking, whoa, 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 Roger, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Are you telling me that I, can I guess of why you're calling me? Am I through? Yeah, I didn't, get you, didn't you get the email? I got the news really quick. I wanted to call you. So he's the one who, who called me before I had a chance to read the email. <laughs> so it was quite exciting. And then we arrived at the destination. I was thinking, okay, now. This is exciting. I've got the opportunity that I've been looking for 10 years because the previous time I made it to the world semifinals was in 2012, exactly 10 years earlier, and I I don't want to use the word fail, but just not quite made it to the final. I was this close to make it to the finals. So when I realized I got this opportunity now, I guess two thoughts came in my mind. First, all right, now what do I do? to get this opportunity to share my big message in front of the biggest stage of my life, the world championship. So in other words, to make my semifinal speech so good that I make it through. And the second is, I guess I should have been preparing for the past month.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe it might've been a good idea to maybe just have that ready.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's what I've been telling to people who win their district. There's a one, two or even more month period where you're just waiting for the results of the regional quarterfinals. And during that time, some of them are working on their final speech in case they make it through and others are like me and think, ah, either "Ah, I'm not going to make it or I don't have time. And that was sort of me. I mean, I was very busy in the month of May and June with visiting schools, giving workshops, I was traveling also. That's why I had put the contest aside. I guess <laughs> a little bit secretly hoping that I wouldn't make it through so that I wouldn't have all this work to do. With it. But I was so excited when I got the news. I thought, all right, this is my chance to represent my district, my city, my friends, and to make the best possible speeches that I can make so that my messages come across.
0: You have a similar story to a friend of mine that I have known for many years, and you have even followed Paulie yourself, Mr. Aaron Beverly, who Aaron Beverly took first runner up during his year in which a couple of years before he actually did win then the World Championship of Public Speaking. And I know that for him, it was something that was Really and tremendous opportunity for him. He's really gone on to do a lot of different things for himself, which I've been following closely myself. And love to have Aaron on the show at some point to even talk about his experiences with this, too, to kind of have a comparison to you. But I'm kind of curious knowing that you were first runner up, are you disappointed that you were just this close? And I'm just holding my fingers up being this close, very small chance of just being able to be the world champion. Are you disappointed in that? And if you're not, or if you are, can you explain why? Well, disappointed
1: isn't the correct word.
0: I was hoping you would <laughs> say that and correct me. That was my trap I was setting. Up. I'm glad no, that you didn't it, fall for it.
1: <laughs> if you look at the announcement, go to the recording of the announcement of the results. When they announced second place winner, I think you just barely see me jumping up and down because I was so excited just for the recognition of placing in the top three and also i could say i don't know if roger caesar is listening but i thought Ha-ha, i've made it better than roger <laughs> roger and i are great friends and he's the first one to call me after the results also he's like, hey, congratulations. Yeah. i said hey roger you know what this means <laughs> i made it farther than you my friend oh
0: yeah yeah <laughs> and then That's he a good
1: said point. oh well listen it doesn't matter where you're First, second or third, it doesn't matter. What's important is that we're now in the same category, and yeah, it's easy to say when you're only third place.: <laughs> so We have a great relationship, Roger and I. That's why we created our podcast. We can you yeah. talk about that later? But no, I was so excited for that recognition for the past 10 years, I had just been working on getting the opportunity to share something of importance in front of the world stage. I was dreaming of the opportunity to have 2,000, 3,000 people in front of me. Now, the context was different. I was alone in a studio. There were 700 people in the venue in Nashville, but about 4,000 people I hear were watching online live. So I did have thousands of people that were there. So getting the second place trophy or prize was the cherry on top. So I wasn't aiming for the, the title of world champion. And by the way when we win the championship, we are automatically disqualified for co- competing again. So this means maybe one day I will compete again.
0: Yes, it does mean that. And I know as of this recording, when we we're doing this, the 2023 World Championship public speaking hasn't happened yet. So when you're listening to this, I know that there will be results of that, which I'll put those links of the results and the show notes that you can take a look at and even listen to some of the winning speeches. But Alex, I'm really curious about this, and this has been something that's been on my mind for a long time, and from somebody that has gone through the circuits maybe a dozen times or getting close to a dozen times and even working with contestants that are going through this process, I'm really curious about your thoughts with this. Do you think that contests help us to become better communicators or even be better leaders overall? And I guess this answer I'm hoping to hear from you doesn't have to be necessarily limited to what your experiences have been in even Toastmasters. Because, and I'm more appealing to the listeners that aren't Toastmasters have no idea what this is about, what we're talking about. Do you think that pushing ourselves becomes something that we never thought possible can be done through contest? Or does it take a longer process, maybe working with a coach, maybe working with someone that is pushing you to your upper boundaries that you never thought you had. Can you give us your thoughts on that?
1: Of course. For me, the contest has been life transforming. Participating in the contest was, hmm, let me think about this so that I'm accurate. I think participating in the contest has been more useful for me than all the other aspects of the Toastmasters training program, especially in the past few years. Not only because it helped me hone my public speaking skills, but because if I wanted to really be effective in sharing a message, in other words, of convincing someone of thinking a certain way or of doing something particular. One thing that has been important for me, (laughs) and this I share with my own coaching clients, is are you listening to yourself? Oftentimes, sometimes we'll say, You know this is why you are. This is more important than anything I've got to tell you. This is what needs to be done right now, and you've got this big message. But then you ask, okay, so how's it been working for you?
0: Well, sometimes
1: I don't know. It's not so good. Okay, well, are you really living up to the message that you have, that you're sharing? So I'll give you an example. My semifinal speech last year. It's all about having conversations with people with whom you disagree. I give the example of a political discussion. Those can get heated. And one example that I was going to use in my speech that almost made it to my final script was when I saw a post on Facebook from a friend who said something like, if you voted for such candidate, I don't want to know about you. You can kindly remove yourself from my friends list and from my life. And I did that, I removed myself. I I thought, oh, well, if she's not open to conversation, then I'm not gonna speak with her anymore. That was four years before my speech. And I thought, this is a great example because I'm showing people that she's wrong because she's not listening to anybody. But it made me realize I wasn't listening to her.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: While I was Looking through my speech, I'm thinking, I could share this example. I'm a hypocrite if I use this example. Not only if I use this example, but if I leave it as it is. I reached out to her four years later. I just invited her for a conversation. And I shared with her what I was doing and why I reached out to her. And then I talked about that particular Facebook post. You know what she said? She said, oh yeah, I was really in a bad place at that time. And I was feeling mad because of the election results. I didn't really mean it. I'm like, I should have reached out to her back then. It might've prevented the falling out of a relationship. So are you really listening to yourself? That's what I mean. It really made me think of what I was sharing and go through it all. So. If people, when they're working on a speech this much, like you're working for months and months for one moment that will last seven minutes long, one speech. And if you really dig deep into your own life to figure out, okay, are you living your own message? If you're not, it means that you've got something to correct before sharing that message. So that's why participating in the speech contest for me has been instrumental, not only in making me a better speaker but in making me a better person.
0: Thank you for that. Because for some skeptics, which I will freely admit to even you and my audience, and you know this because we've had conversations and you were even surprised to see this too. I often felt that contests might not always be the best vehicle for ways in which we can improve ourselves. But I think today you've given a strong testimony to that effect. I have one (laughs) last. Well, Joshua, yes.
1: It was (laughs) important for me to share this with you. Because I can go back to something that I saw on the official Toastmasters International members group on Facebook. Someone mentioned, it's moving toward the time that we stopped contests altogether and got on with enjoying club membership. This club membership can't be enjoyed with contests. Yes. And Joshua responded, (laughs) 1000%. I never thought of contests as proving anything.
0: Yes. (laughs) That was a while ago
1: and I thought, Joshua, we're going to talk about this.
0: Yes, we are. And I wanted to put that in here because I am one of those people. And I think that for me, it's been about the hard work, but hearing your story makes me realize that there are different ways to all getting to that solution that we all want to have, which is the communications and leadership aspect. So yes, thank you for calling me out on that. And thank you for that too, because I think it's so important to think about those different perspectives, because I sounded like that woman. I literally did sound like that woman, too, that you were even saying, I'm going to be a hypocrite if I use this as part of my speech. You're absolutely right. I had that same problem, too. Here's my final question before we wrap up, and I'll give you a few moments to talk about your coaching business and even the podcast for that matter. Do you feel that you, you yourself, are making a change in this world as a result of your experiences? with the World Championship of Public Speaking, not just through your clients, but through what you're doing to become the best version of yourself. Do you feel like you're doing that?
1: Yes. If I didn't feel that, I wouldn't do it. After sharing a speech like what I did at the final stage last year, Sometimes people, or or any speech, really, when you're in front of an audience, people will come up to you and say, oh, wow, you're such a great speaker. That was a fun story. And they're elevating you. Like, oh yeah, this feels good. And I got a lot of that through the years. I still do sometimes. But after sharing a really great speech, (laughs) as humbly I did last year, I got messages and emails and texts like this. After hearing you, Anaxam, I'm going to make some changes around me so that my family will maybe be a little more cohesive, or I'm going to do something in my work now, I'm going to try something new so that the ambiance is better, or I haven't talked to my brother-in-law in in a long time because we disagree on something that maybe I need to make the first step. When people come to you and share this sort of testimonial, it means you're really making a difference. And that's why I do what I do, because I think it can make the world a better place, even just one person at a time, one speech at a time.
0: All it takes is just one decision that can ultimately change the perspective of so much. And I really appreciate you answering that because I think it's so important to hear it from someone that has gone through that and has done it so many different times. So thank you for sharing that. Alex, I want to give you the last few minutes here to share about your business. How can people reach out to you if they're interested in being coached by the first runner-up of World Championship Public Speaking 2022? And how can they even listen to your podcast? Tell us a little bit about your podcast as well, because I'm sure that they would want to go check you out. So last few minutes are yours, sir.
1: Yes, of course, Joshua. And by the way, I mentioned my coach, right, Mark Hunter, who was instrumental in helping me reach the final stage. He wasn't the only one who helped me. There were dozens, if not hundreds of people, even just small feedbacks of people that helped me along the way. I think it's important to mention that it's not just me. It wasn't just me with one person.
0: It's the relationships that we build that really help to create that best version too. And that really helps a lot to know. I know I have people just like that in my life.
1: Mm -hmm. So after I won second place and not only from second place, but reaching the finals, I was already decided I'm not participating anymore, at least not for the Foreseeable future. That's what I wanted to do, make it to that final stage. So now I'm really happy to be able to offer what my coaches have offered me, and that is guide uh, other people to make their best speeches ever. So I do that with different people in different ways, but the best way for you to find out more about what I can offer is going to my website, which is myname.com, alexandrematt.com. We might need to to say one letter at a time. Yes. But Ale- Alexandre is like Alexander, but R-E at the end, and Mat is like when you sit on a mat, Yeah. but you, yes. Yes. But you add, add an E.
0: Add a T and an E, especially for those that are from America, you will have to add those letters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You yes, so have to shorter the, just
1: yeah. to say all the letters. Oh, I'll have it in Matt. the show notes anyway, but no, it's <laughs> That's good great. to reinforce people can, it. So. <laughs> people can click on it directly. But that's my website where you can find out more about me. And you can watch my speeches, by the way. And when you get in touch with me, I've got some really cool offers. Like the model that I used to craft my speeches is based on the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell. And it was really useful for me to write my speeches. So you can get a copy of that when you sign up on my website. And you mentioned the podcast. Well, it's called Great Convos because it's partly based on the speech that I had about great conversations. So I have Great Convos with my co-host, Roger Caesar every week. Now we've just finished season one with our 20th episode by the time that we're speaking now, but by the time that this airs, we'll be in full with season two with new surprises, new guests. It'll be really cool. And for more info about that, you can go on this website, greatconvos.live live.
0: And I'm going to clarify the spelling on that because I think it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think so. And if it's not live, it's because we are live. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn. We do this on Monday at lunchtime for us on the East Coast. So it's 1230 Eastern time. And we will eventually be on more platforms. So Facebook and LinkedIn for the moment, but we have a lot of fun with it. And we just have great conversations. similar to what we're doing right now, you and I, Joshua. Yes.
0: yes. And honestly, this has been a really fun conversation. It has been an honor to be able to learn a little bit more about your story and to be corrected on the importance of our contests and how we can make things better in our lives. So thank you for setting the record straight with me. And more importantly, thanks for inspiring possibly a generation of people, maybe even Toastmasters that are listening to this as well, to be able to not only share what's inside of their heart since this is about speaking from our hearts, but more importantly, being your true authentic self, no matter how many times it takes to get on that stage and be able to share it. So, Alexon, thanks for being on Speaking from the Heart. It's really been a privilege and an honor to have you as part of my show.
1: Merci beaucoup. Thank you so much.
0: I want to thank Alexon for being willing to be a guest on my podcast and just the incredible interview that we had together. It was really a joy to have, for the first time actually, somebody that had come so close to being the world champion of public speaking on the show. And that was a real joy. And I appreciate both Alex on and Rich for being part of that experience with me, because I think that we learn so much from those individuals that have gone through so many different things in their lives to achieve the success that they have. And I think that really leads into a lot of the conversation that I had with Alex On because He's been able to have so many good things happen because of this experience being in Toastmasters. But I think for us, there might not be good and strong people sometimes that are in our lives, but we can have the things that make us feel good inside if we're willing to just share a little bit of the love and knowledge that we have within ourselves. And I feel that he's been on a journey, especially after the world champion of public speaking, to help so many different people, which... We even talked about in this episode about the willingness to continue paving it forward for others that might want to share in some of the same spotlight that he's been able to share throughout his journey. I think sometimes we have to go through this journey that we have with the people that support us, not only with the ways in which we're being involved, in which Toastmasters helps a lot with, but it's about having that close association with others. Oh. Oh. Having association with others. Yes, those are always great opportunities for us to just acknowledge and engage and have conversations, maybe sit around, discuss in which ways we can be able to become better. Am I rambling? Does it sound like I'm rambling? I might be rambling. And I'm saying all this to say that sometimes we just go through those notions of just wanting to be associated with someone. And I think that for each of us, Whether we're doing it intentionally or not, we might not spend enough time with the people that truly care about us the most. And I think that we often have to pay homage to those individuals from time to time so that we can acknowledge what they have truly given to us. Because, let's face it, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to get to where we're at right now. Which often begs the question, what is the story of which we want to tell not only about ourselves? but about the people that influenced who we are. What can we do to narrow it down so that we have just those people that we truly care about that are circling us to help us to understand what we are capable of doing? I know for the longest time in my life, I had that struggle. And I have to admit that even in Toastmasters, starting out, being the most socially awkward person, which obviously many of you, my listeners, have found out, Later on, that I had autism. It really stunted my ability to work through many of the things that oftentimes some people take for granted. Being able to interact with others was really a challenge for myself. But I think that for many of us, we often walk into venues or even situations for that matter when we are involved with public speaking more specifically in which we have to focus on the message that we want to have and be able to create a story from that. And I think Alex Zahn really has mastered that. If he hasn't mastered it, it's because he definitely has been working on that craft and continuing to perfect it. But I think for somebody that has been recognized by even the Canadian government in one ways than one, about the ways in which he's been able to do storytelling, I think it certainly exemplifies the fact that maybe we should pay attention to his story. The story that he shared, even in this episode for that matter, of how he's gotten to where he is, is something that shows that we are all human. We're not these individuals that we can look up to as idols, thinking that they have led exemplary lives and that they've been able to get to where they need to be just because of the work that they put within themselves. But it's really about not just really sharing that message that we have, or even sharing what we are capable of doing. It's about sharing it with others that have truly blessed us in our lives to create some of those opportunities that we necessarily take for granted. I know for myself, I have taken for granted so many of the things that Toastmasters provides. And even for a period of time, I had been utilizing what Toastmasters has given me to show me what I have been missing out on in my life. Let's face it. I would not be here if it wasn't for the fact that Toastmasters has shown me some of the courage and some of the strength to do a podcast just like this, let alone even open a business for that matter that is helping others to see their true voice, whether that is the verbal or the nonverbal. But sometimes we have to learn how to shout at the top of our lungs to share the message that we have inside of ourselves, because that's the only way some people want to listen to it. Does that sound familiar? I hope it does, because in some episodes past, we have talked about that concept of being willing to shout from the mountaintops, from the valleys, from the in-between where someone disagrees, being able to make that point. But I think what's really important here is about living and realizing that sometimes, even if we're not the first runner-up of a contest, we can learn so much about ourselves. I mean, look at what Alex Owen has been through. He's had to go through it several times in order to get to where he is today. And that is the key. Persistence. Can we change our way of thinking as a whole by being persistent? Are we willing to listen to ourselves by being persistent over and over again, by creating some of those best works in our lives, whether they're still in progress or they are finished? I feel a lot better after listening to this episode of hearing the successes that help us to get to what we ultimately want to do. And I think that is really the key. We really want to be able to do some of the best things in our lives if we're willing to challenge that status quo. And I think that for many of us, we often have to challenge that status quo by just doing it. By making us feel like we're capable of doing such things. By being willing to speak our hearts to be able to understand and learn what it is to go through some of those things in our life that maybe, just maybe, a competition can provide. Sometimes we just need that nudge. We just need to be pushed in that right direction. And sometimes having those people around us, maybe they don't even know us very well, but they help us to go into that path that we need to go into, that definitely creates some of those opportunities that we are able to excel in, to literally become something that we are recognized in, so that we provide not just that easy mixed cake, as Alex Sullen talked about, that formula that always works if we need it in a pinch, but to be able to evolve into some of those relationships with people that we often don't evolve into, which is really my point he's been able to have these relationships with people throughout this whole entire process that he's been through. Not only with building the family that he has, but also understanding and fulfilling a promise that he had deep inside of himself that he wanted to do. And maybe that pause, especially of what he's doing right now to help others achieve that dream, might be helping him to get to that ultimate goal. But sometimes that self-reflection inside of ourselves that moment in which we capture some of those best moments of being willing to say that we need to grow during this time of need can ultimately become something of a powerful Eiffel Tower in itself. I feel that we can always have a story of creating that message, that concentration of what we want to ultimately become, if we're just willing to share some of the things that we have and which we have deep down inside of ourselves to not only showcase what we're truly all about, but we're willing to say that we're able to focus not just on that message, but on the other people that are around us. For the longest time, and even as we talked about the reflection of contest, I always thought that maybe this is the only way to do it. I think that this interview challenges me a bit on not only what we can do, maybe that same formula over and over again that sometimes we often go to when we feel like that is the answer to move forward. But I think that it also helps us to understand that there's always more than one answer to that big earthly equation that we're trying to always solve, which really boils down to the same questions that I just asked earlier. What is the story of which we want to tell? What can we do to narrow it down? Do we need to shout at the top of our voice in order to make that point? Can we change our thinking as a whole? Are we listening to ourselves? I think that those questions all combined, whether you want to take it in a public speaking context or not, can ultimately change the course of not just our futures, but our ways of moving forward one step at a time. No matter what step we take, it can be for the better if we're willing to do the work that's behind it. And maybe we get a nice, cool story to tell others way down the road of our true successes. Thanks for listening to episode number 60 of Speaking from the Heart, and I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.